Good morning. I haven't seen you guys for a while. The last time I was preaching, uh, I don't even remember. It probably was in the, in the basement, I think. And uh, uh, when Pastor Brandon asked me to preach on this topic, I, uh, because of my self-control of saying, not saying no, I said yes. <laughs> and realizing that there is a big topic. And uh, I will, uh, I talk to him a little bit on that and then uh, spend some time on doing research. It's so large and so, so many areas that we can look into. And uh, before we begin, let's do a prayer. Heavenly Father, self-control, self-control, everybody is struggling with. And Lord, uh, I pray that uh, today you use my mouth to give that message. And uh, it's just to those who are listening and, uh, and get to know you more with self-control. We'll get to love you more. We'll get to depend on you more. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, I cannot get away from this notion like, so I have this like, Akuna uh, Matata, Akuna Matata. What a beautiful name, right? And then I said, self-control. Ah, self-control. What a beautiful name. <laughs> and what a name that we're always struggling with. From kids to people of older ages. We all have different struggles in our life. And before we begin, I'd like to show a clip that I was like, uh, I, was, I was doing some research and finding clips, film clips on self-control on the internet. But uh, let's see, let's play it. But uh, God gave me this one while I was uh, visiting my, 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 my daughter. And that's what I think. Self-control. Kudos to my, uh, to my daughter, Stephanie, and, uh, and also Oliver. <laughs> and it was interesting that I was visiting her, and we were just chatting, and I said, uh, yeah, I'll be preaching on a topic called self-control. And then she, uh, she just, all of a sudden, she said, hey, let me show you something. This is what she did. And uh, I'm not trying to use that, I think, for Asians, like, you know, you're not going to be like that, right? Like uh, using an animal to teach you guys. But I think that is appropriate. And that's something that I'm going to be teach, um, preaching on. I looked up on, uh, on the internet, uh, trying to find a, a good definition for self-control. And this is what I come up with. Self-control is discipline in the face of pressure from an immediate urge, desire, or compulsion. Self-control relates to stopping immediate gratification of the senses. Its struggle is the conflict between intellectual knowing, meaning that knowledge, and emotional desire ring. It is a decision between physical and 
and physical enjoyment now versus the hope of or expectation of something better later. So I don't know. I think this is like the closest I could find. It is a condition, basically, you are being tempted. It is your decision to give it or to resist the temptation. I don't know if this applies to anybody. And, and uh, I don't know, every day when I walk by, walk by the store out there, I see this donut. Every day I pass by there. Should I eat it? Oh, no, 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 not today. Tomorrow you walk by, you see another one again saying, hey, bite me. <laughs> it's just something like that. Or at home, where we're serving the internet, something pop up, I say, shall I see it? Or should I shut it off? Self-control. Not too many people say, I did it. People are saying, oh gosh, I did it again. And then we always have this self guilt conscience. And then uh, you start over again, and I'm going to try better and better. And again and again, it happens again. If you fail all the time, how do we manage it? How do we fix it? We are attacked by temptation every day. We have to have self-control to withstand these temptations. We need to have good management of it. According to Rick Warren, he said that if you lose your self-control, you lost everything. What he's saying is, is that, like, let's say if your boss tells you, hey, you've done a bad job, you've got to give me a report on this, and then you got upset, and you lose your temper and yell at him, you know what's going to happen next, right? Forget about the race for next year, or maybe you lose your job. Or you, you lose temper on your friend that he, he just did, didn't uh, follow up on something that he promised you. You lose your temper, you yell at him, you probably lose your friend. And financially, it's like you walk by this parking lot and saw this car, new car, and then you say, you spent the money, you bought it, but it's way more than you can afford, but you bought it anyway. Well, the reason why I say this is because it happened to me. <laughs> so financially, you, are, you will be facing and facing financial difficulty. You, you might lose a lot of things, or you might lose close ones, loved ones, and you, when you lose control or in addiction, re-addiction is something. Oh, maybe this is the last one I could do. And I'll do it, start over again. I try, I do better. My, uh, my brother and my, uh, and my niece in Hong Kong, they haven't talked to each other for over 20 years. It's just one time that he, he just lost control and slapped her in the face when she was, so, she was young. Until now, they still. So we, I can go on and on and on and talk about that. And it, it covers in so many areas, like our health, our food, uh, 
our, our finances and our temper. So what does the Bible say about self-control? Self-control is a character of the fruit of the Spirit. It's, it's allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you so that you do not sin. Self-control is not just about being submissive, but being in control of, all, of your emotion, word, and action. In Proverbs 25, 28 said, a man without self-control is like a city broken into. It refers to a person lacking self-control, and that person is defenseless. It's like a city vulnerable to attack from the enemy because it doesn't have a wall to protect them. It does not... Self-control is like a war against temptation. It does not make the temptation go away itself, yet it helps a person resist. It helps a person to resist until the temptation passes or chased off. People who lack self-control are as vulnerable as a city. They're defenseless and they're insecure. There are many, many examples in the Bible about lack of self-control. In Genesis 4, remember Cain and Abel? God does not like the offering from, from Cain, and he got upset. He lost, self he lost control, and God was asking him, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? He's just angry. He's just lost control of his temper. And because of that, he, he committed the first murder of the Bible. And also, another one I think you, can, you guys can find more and more examples like that in the Bible. Like Esau, he sold his birthright to his brother. So, over over a stoop. Even Paul, Paul himself, he's struggling. In today's scripture, Galatians 5, 16, 18, let me read it. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desire of the flesh. Or the flesh. For the flesh desire what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary with the flesh. They're always in conflict. So you're not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. What he's saying over here, Paul, he found that, he found out in this, in this um, passage, it's just that he found the only source of power and wisdom is the Holy Spirit to go against that, uh, the self-control, uh, lack of self-control. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desire of the flesh, the desire of the flesh is sin, lust, um, anger, 
and uh, many other ones like and and Paul Paul points to the only source of power and wisdom beyond ourselves, the Holy Spirit of God. He revealed earlier in his letter that the Spirit comes to live in the heart of everyone of God's son and daughter. Now Paul tells us to use this freedom in Christ to access the power of God's Spirit in the heart in everyone. He tells us literally to walk and keep on walking by the Spirit's power to for guidance. Paul wants us to set aside our own power, meaning that not relying on our own power. To try to serve each other in love for our own. The Spirit of God in us is available. See, what God, what over here, what Paul is saying that walk by the Spirit. Who can walk by the Spirit? We are the Spirit indwells in us when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. And that is the Spirit that what God, what He is talking about over here. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced like when, uh, when we lack of self-control, when we are struggling with something that we try to do it ourselves and we keep failing and failing together. That is because we are relying on our own strength to do it. And one thing we Paul find out over here, he said, he said that, walk by the Spirit, meaning that we are going to use the Holy Spirit in us to help with the struggle. Over here, it says that in the... Uh, Paul points out that also the spirit and the flesh and, and the, uh, the spirit and the, and the desire of the flesh, they are always in conflict with each other. And we don't, we, we don't have the freedom to do whatever we want. That's what he's saying, that he's struggling. Paul was struggling with the self-control. He's in, in Romans 7 over there. Uh, he's saying in Romans 7, 19, I know the other good lives in me, but that is in the same, that I, I still have another sinful nature also in me. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Here Paul is also struggling with his self-control. And in verse 18, he said he found it. He found that solution. He found that the source of power to help him is, be, is to walk in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that's indwelling in us. When we walk by the Spirit, God gives us the gift of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It is a way, it is, I think everybody knows it, love, joy, 
peace, patience, kindness, goodness, fruitfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Wow, self-control, again, is also part of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And that's when you started to follow the Spirit, but not on your own strength. It will develop in you. How do we find out? When I first, when I first, you cannot find out, you cannot like, you could find out in a certain way, but you cannot go to each one and test, and test anything in your life. But when, what happened to me is that when I first accepted Jesus, nothing happened. I'm still myself and all that, but until one day, one of my coworkers come talk to me, Steve, I see the change in you. You don't curse anymore. You have more patience. And you, you're just different. I think this is how we find out it's from people looking at you after you, after you become a Christian. And it slowly, it will permeate. It doesn't happen right away, but it's slowly people who's next to you, who's around you, they'll tell you. And, and that is what the fruit of the Holy Spirit in you. And also, self-control. Self-control is something that, I don't know, it's tough to say. Um, for my last year here, working here, I, I, uh, one thing I learned so much is about patience. Patience and also self-control. It's like, if you guys go, I don't know what happened to you guys, you ever go to uh, shop in one of those restaurants, you wait online. That's where I learned self-control over there. I learned it from experience over there by speaking too much, talk too much. People yell at you and they don't listen to you. But after a while, I just don't tell them, hey, wait online and do this and that. And that's one thing I learned over here is just that self-control and patience. Self-control my mouth, not to say anything. Even though over here, people don't listen to you. So what I learned is just that I control my, 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 um, my tongue. And then I, I just learn it from learning others' patience. Over here that um, Paul was saying also, when we walk in the Holy Spirit, what is that walk in the Holy Spirit? When we walk in the Holy Spirit, love, we live in love for God and for the fellow men. When we, work in, when we walk in joy, they exhibit gladness in what God has done and is doing and will do. And walking in spirit, you walk in peace the life are not defined by worry or anxiety. And when you walk in patience, you're, you do not lose the temper. When we walk in kindness, we show tender concern for the needs of others. When we walk in goodness, actions reflect virtue. Our actions reflect virtue or holiness. Faithfulness, when we walk in faithfulness, 
We are steadfast in the truest set of God and His Word. When we, work in, when we walk in gentleness, the lives are characterized, characterized by humility, grace, and thankfulness to God. When we walk in self-control, we display moderation, kind strain, and the ability to say no to the flesh. Self-control is the most important uh, character of the fruit of the Spirit. Self-control helps us to resist temptation and avoid conforming to the things of this world. It guides our decision, and it correlates with how we show the other fruit in our life. For example, patience requires self-control. Just why I just want uh, for my for my learning of being patient over here in, on Eighth Avenue. Proverbs 14:29 says, "Whoever is patient has great understanding, but one who is quick temper displays folly." Our sinful natures leads us to give into our temper, but we are called to rise over this and show patience. Self-control can be applied to all of the fruit of the Spirit in the same way it is applied to patience. As a Christian, our response, our response to a situation are to be guided by the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus is the perfect example of self-control, right? Because he lives in a sinless and possesses every fruit of the Spirit. Jesus demonstrated self-control because he was sent to earth to carry out the Father's will. He was to live a perfect life in order to set an example for us, and in the end, he died for our sin so that we may have eternal life. Jesus is self-control. I, I think I, I learned so much from him because he was, he, when he was, uh, and he was like preaching the gospel with his disciples. All these disciples, over all these three years, they still don't understand who he actually was. And that and Jesus had to, had to tolerate them. And also at the end, they deserted him. Even one, they sold him out. And, but at the end, what Jesus did, he showed his, because of his self-control, he went on the cross for us. And that's why today we're here, coming to church and also accept him as our savior as we have eternal life. He did it for us. And even at the end on the cross, he said, forgive them, but they don't know what they were doing. That's self-control. That's something that I like to learn from Jesus. And we cannot do it on our own. We cannot do it ourselves. Using our own willpower to do it, we have to rely on the Holy Spirit in us. So how do we I talk too much about self-control, who, who that is, what that is, but how do we develop that self-control? Developing self-control is 
to walk in the Spirit, like Paul says. We cannot do it on our own, like I said. And we have, and we have, we walk in the Holy Spirit. We, we, we depend on the Holy Spirit to do it. We obey God's command. Also, we have to be, the most important one is that we have to be assured that we are forgiven and we can reconciliate it to God. Why do I say that? We have to be assured because sometimes when we fail, when we, when we fail one of the uh, uh, self-control, we, we started to develop this conscience, this guilt conscience. Guilt conscience is like we are doubting God. We are doubting God that if God is still love me, and when we doubt God, we don't believe in God. Because after I haven't done, I, I did this, God will not forgive me. And then when, when we started doubting God, 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 God will punish me on this. God doesn't love me anymore. But when we say that we are leaving God outside of Outside of our, ourselves, we try to do it on our, we try to do everything on our own. We have to leave, we have to leave that, we believe that God will not forgive us anymore. But once we are assured, we have God's forgiveness and reconciliation to Him, we, that's one of the requirements that we need. And uh, let me end this with uh, my testimony on self-control. Over the last year, I, um, I've been working with the youth ministry, and uh, I, uh, God has shown me a lot of ways, have tested me in many other areas. One of them is self-control. And uh, I learned a lot from them, and I learned how to be patient, how to tolerate with the youth. And when I walked in, I remember that uh, in, in the youth ministry, in the youth group, every Friday we do give a short message. And well, um, it starts at four o'clock, and uh, we start dinner, and they come in one at a time, one at a time, and trying to get to know them and to start talking to them. And of course, being in my age, it's like, oh, it's, who's this guy? He doesn't even know how to play this game. Or he doesn't even know, but I don't know what to expect from him. But not to say, not, I'm not saying that the youth are not like talking to me. We are good friends. We are good friends. They, but it's just that, like during the part that when I usually give the passage, the short message, they do not, it seems like it doesn't catch their attention or anything, or they are, and because of the lack of interest, 
in, uh, in the topic. I talk about topics in many other ways. Just this past week, we talk about your true identity. What is your identity? And if you are, you are a Christian, you gotta show, you gotta have to have work to show it, and all of that. A lot of times, they would, we would play a game or anything, just to get their attention, but after a while, uh, the attention span is a little bit short, and they started to laugh and laugh. Or, or they, they do something else. They look at each other, and that interfere with me, uh, with my message. So because I have to tell them, hey, stop doing that and stop doing this, and there are times when, when some of the coworkers also joined in, and then I said to myself, well, is, is this really that, like, my, past, my message, is that, that boring? Should I go? And there are times that I really get upset because they don't listen to you. And I, every time when I, do, when I get upset or anything, should I just stop? And a couple of times I just said go, and I would intentionally like, emphasize on one, one or two passages, and then I hit the table, I hit the table and then they would pay attention. But after a while, they don't do that anymore. And there are times when, uh, when the, um, some of the coworkers, that they join in with them, and that really get me upset. One time I just stopped, and, but I did not, I, and then, well, one of the, um, how I, how I um, control myself is that sometimes I would, most of the time I would say, don't do it. I, I, I tell myself, don't do it, don't do it. I did, I did tell myself I didn't do it. So, and uh, it was tough, but I, I do learn a lot being patient and self-control over there. If, if I do yell at them, I lose a lot. I think they probably will not come back anymore. Not to mention um, being my friend. But the last two, the, the last two months, I think my self-control pays off. Two of them, they accepted Jesus. But I said to myself, if I would have lost that control, they would not be there. They would have left and then they were, they, God would not have, they would not have heard that one, path, one message and that they decided to accept. So there's something that I, that I'd like to share with you. And, uh, and I, I pray that whatever area that we are struggling in or we need self-control with, don't do it on your own. Do it with God. Because you do it on your own, you're going to lose anyway. You are, you are just said that when whatever you do is not, it's not strong enough against, the, against the, uh, Satan, you're going to lose. And we have this spirit in us, and he's powerful. And he's willing to help us rely on him. Don't do it on your own. Do it with the Holy, walk in the Holy Spirit. Um, let me close with a prayer. Heavenly Father, 
We thank you for uh, letting me preach on this topic, self-control. Thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit when we accept you as a personal savior. You are, you are there always to help us when we, are, when we need you, when we need your help. Lord, I pray that you will continue to help us and, and lead us and let me hang on to the promise that we are loved, we are assured of your salvation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.